Oliver Anthony goes viral with his new song, Rich Men, North of Richmond, as the anthem is being called a cry from middle America, which has been shared by a number of political pundits and Christians who see this as a petition to come against established wickedness in our government. And we also look at Pastor Tim Ross of Transformation Church as he expresses why he sometimes uses unsavory language to bring about his points. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be looking at a number of stories, but specifically one from none other than Oliver Anthony and his new song, Rich Men, North of Richmond. And while we look at this, we're also going to be looking at some of the reaction of Christians, some of which that aren't too fond of it and others that are quite fond of it and simply want to push aside any misgivings from the song. But before we get into that, we would love, if you feel so led, to subscribe to the Good Fight Ministries YouTube channel as well as leave a five-star review if you feel so led and like this video. It just simply helps us to get on up that algorithm and make sure to leave a comment on there as well. It just blesses not only the ministry and also it blesses more people to be able to see these sorts of things because when it comes to this as well as many other things, uh, political pundits and Christians alike who follow a lot of political pundits get a lot of their opinions about what's going on from the likes of guys like Matt Walsh or Louder with Crowder or someone else. And when these songs get going and get out there, a lot of people are like, hey, I really like this. This is really great, especially if you're somebody who speaks, I guess I would say, uh, with a little bit of a forked tongue where sometimes you may bring up God and then other times you may use some language that is not biblical. And so what we want to look at is not only what this song is all about and who Oliver Anthony is and where he's coming from, but also uh, we want to look at the reaction of those who are talking about this song. But before we get into that, you can actually hear from Oliver Anthony here in this short clip because he made a video before this song went, I'm sure, much more viral than he was even ever expecting. And also right before He made this video inside of his car to detail kind of what people might be seeing when they come onto his channel as the song and the video for the song was being released on a local Virginian radio station. So check out what he had to say in terms of where he used to view God and where he is now. I spent a long time being angry, an angry little agnostic punk. And I remember talking about Sky Daddy and Cloud Papa and I would get so angry about the concept of God because I, I had sort of perverted what my vision of God was because I, I looked at, I looked at the religion of man as God and not, and not God himself. There is a divine creator that loves you. And, and sometimes it takes falling down on your knees and getting ready to call things quits before it becomes obvious that he's there. But he's always there. You just got to look out for him and listen for him. Now, to get a little more detail, we're going to look at somebody who was not only authorized to share this song, but also authorized by Oliver Anthony himself to share his story a little bit. So from Twitter, this is a little bit of the background to the man who made the song. 
Jason Howerton says, quote, in the past, Oliver was struggling with mental health and coping with alcohol in depths of despair just about a month ago. Oliver got to his knees and broke down in tears. Though he wasn't a religious man, that night he promised God to get sober if he helped him follow his dream. Oliver was about 30 days sober when someone reached out and asked him to come record a song for his YouTube channel. That song was Rich Men, North of Richmond. Within days, the song was going viral on social media. As Oliver told me this story, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. Goosebumps covered my body. He is a man who broke down and surrendered everything to God, and within 30 days, he became an overnight sensation with an offer from John Rich to produce his record. When I offered to cover the cost for Oliver to produce a record, I had no idea what would transpire, nor did I know just how powerful his story or the situation that God was inserting me into. I just wanted to help. This is how we're going to change culture and the country. Jason Howerton then shares his Twitter handle as he is letting people know. You can go and contact him there. And as he mentioned, the song has absolutely gone viral and it does t- touch a chord with a number of people specifically who have dealt with certain things. And actually, Oliver mentioned in that video that he started writing songs in 2021. So he's really recent in terms of what's going on now. And he started writing that after everything that happened, if you guys remember, in 2020 and all of what was going on. It's supposed to be this heart cry. And as mentioned in the title, that people think that this is a cry from those in maybe middle America that are going through the struggle. So let's read from the lyrics of the song, and you can actually hear as well what's going on in terms of what he's singing about and maybe why it's gone viral. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for blank pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a blank shame what the world's gotten to for people like me and people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is. Living in the new world with an old soul, these rich men north of rich men. Lord knows they all just want to have total control, want to know what you think, want to know what you do, and they don't think you know, but I know that you do, because your dollar ain't blank and it's taxed to no end, because rich men north of rich men. I wish politicians would look out for miners and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the obese Melkin welfare. So in seeing the lyrics and and hearing that song, there are a lot of things that people are pointing out. Maybe they're like, whoa, he even makes reference to Epstein Island, it seems like. And if you guys are recognizing, Richmond, Virginia is south of Washington, D.C. So that's a lot of what that song is all about. But we don't want to just talk about those themes in the song. There are some words in the song we want to talk about, and we're going to bring on Pastor Joe Schimmel for a pastor's perspective on what is going on with this song. And Joe, do you happen to be a big fan of the song? Oh, well, if I like, you know, rap music or country music that was laced with profanities, uh, you can say a lot of right things and you can say it in a wrong way. And there's a lot of things in the song. If you took all, if you stripped it of all the uh, profanity, and there's a lot of profanity there. I mean, let's face it. Uh, there's the D word. There's the BS word. There's S word alone, and some of them are repeated because uh, there's a pre-chorus, a chorus in the body of the song. And it was hard. To, it was hard to stomach thinking 
knowing that a lot of Christians are saying, oh, this is such a great song. Uh, do you not have any convictions? Do we have the Holy Spirit? Are we not grieved? The Holy Spirit grieves. We, you see that in Ephesians. Paul speaks of how the Holy Spirit is grieved by specific sins, and he specifically mentions uh, a cussing. Now, uh, as far as where he's at, because he's a newly professing believer, uh, even his testimony, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I like this, you know, where are we at? Do we follow God in our terms or his terms? Because it's interesting what he said there. So, Chad, for instance, what if I told the Lord, I go, I'll, I'll turn to you, I'll follow you, and I'll, I'll sober up and start getting, stop getting drunk, or I'll, I'll stop shooting up. If you do this for me, if you give me a big mansion on the hill, you give me this, this perfect, you know, a 10 wife, you know, and all that, that, God isn't, we don't get converted that way, you know, because then we're following God conditionally upon what he does for us. Uh, and that's not true conversion because to be truly converted, we need to, as Jesus said, we can't be his followers unless we take up our crosses daily, deny ourselves and follow him. It's his terms by which we get saved, you know? So, uh, and I'm not saying people don't have a, you know, uh, you know, the, his, that's how he described it. If you give me my dreams, God, then I'll follow you. Ooh, and that's, that's not biblical conversion. So that's, to me, that's something I don't think anybody's really talking about. But that was a concern from the get-go. And then uh, there's at least seven or eight times through the whole song where he uses, most songs don't use one bad word, you know? Uh, so I'm like, man, this is just laced with profanities. Uh, but then when you follow God in your own terms, you could give up certain things and keep certain things. That's my concern, the bigger picture here, you know? Uh, now, let's say deep down he says, I'm going to follow the Lord no matter what, and I want to be righteous and so forth. And this is the area of sanctification where he needs to grow because I want us to recognize that possibility that deep down, you know, he's just wording things wrong and so forth and, and very wrong. Uh, that's, well, then time will tell. But my concern is that he is garnering millions and millions of fans that many of them claim to be Christians, claiming to be a Christian himself by drawing them in. Uh, is there a bigger picture here? And, you know, I'm, I'm going to wait and see uh, because I don't want to say, okay, so, yeah, he's definitely, you know, being used as the evil one. He's going to, you know, do what Kanye did or many artists that claim to be Christians. They get a lot of people following them and they bring them in across the bridge into the wrong area. Uh, and also, you know, Chad, I'm a concern, I'm concerned too because when Ephesians 4 says, you know, not to grieve the Holy Spirit, and Paul says, says in verse 29, to let no unwholesome words come out of your mouth, but only words that build up and are good for edification. And then a little bit later, he says in 5.4, let no obscene words come out of your mouth. Again, obscenities. Yes, it's laced with obscenities. And uh, Paul is talking about put off the old man and put on the new man and what it means to truly be a Christian. And that's important. But in James, dealing with a very similar situation, he's dealing with the believers who've been scattered abroad, the 12 tribes that have been scattered throughout the world and were persecuted by the rich, far more than the, than, than the uh, you know, being overtaxed that we're going through in this country. They're, they're being robbed. I mean, literally robbed the con in the context of putting uh, believers in prison and so forth. And he tells them, he makes it very clear to them that we can't be selective in how we obey the Lord. And that's what he's doing. I mean, can you imagine uh, a country singer up on stage claiming to be a Christian, talking about Jesus? And he quotes Psalm 37, which you mentioned, which states, The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. Better the little that have righteousness than the wealth of many wicked. For the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. So he's talking about being righteous and, hey, we're the righteous. But James makes it clear amongst those believers who are being mistreated in chapter 5 of James by the wealthy, which many of us believers here, we don't like the way we meet tax, and <laughs> uh, and a lot of things he says in that song we'd actually hardly agree with, right, uh, as far as some of the mistreatment of people. But we're going through nothing. Most of us are, you know, most professing believers aren't being thrown in prison for their faith right now. So this is what really hit me, Chad, when I thought about this too. I thought, 
the context of what James is writing, who he's writing to. James makes sure that in the midst of their trials, that they're not whining, but they're rejoicing, you know? And they're not singing the blues exclusively, but they have an answer. And he specifically is concerned in how they misuse the tongue or use it rightfully in the midst of their trials and be mistreated by the rich. Yeah, I think, you know, you've mentioned so many things that are, are so important, for, I think, for people to understand. And not not just about, obviously, the language is something that we should immediately go, oh, this is not right. But also, I mean, just the nature of complaining. I mean, in all honesty, it's one of those things like, guys, we cannot be complainers. I mean, you got Israel out there in the desert for 40 years for doing such yeah. things. So it, it is really important that instead of just growing angst towards the situation, also look up because your redemption does draw draw nigh. And, and Joe, when I'm looking at people even trying to just say that online, it was really interesting. I remember and you, bring, you brought up Kanye West because it was really interesting. Something I noticed is that any time when he first had his conversion, especially because it seemed like he was going to an expository preaching uh, church and so forth, not far from us, and it seemed like, oh, this is great. If anyone said, hey, maybe we should slow down here, there's some things that don't seem right, it was lambasted, like yeah. just immediate. No, I can't. How could you say something like that? Yeah. Come on, he's converted. You got to believe this. This is so yeah, great. I remember that. And it's like, dude, then he's now he's know, off the rails. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so I, I always like to see what are people's reactions, and what are the reaction to people just making the, the statement like, hey, it's great that he's bringing out some things to light, but hey, there, it seems like there's some inconsistency here. And and I want to quote. Not only what somebody posted and mentioned James specifically uh, by by a verse, but also the reaction, some of the reaction to it. And here's what somebody said. They said, I'm probably going to get roasted for this, but I don't appreciate a guy famous for a song that says blank, blank, and blank and takes the Lord's name in vain using God's word for his concert and then puts James chapter 3, verse 10, to which some of the replies, quote, Please help. My people have all become fentanyl zombies, obese welfare queens. Everyone is fatherless. And there are no longer breadwinning jobs because of pedo monsters in D.C. The only solution I have is for you to accept Jesus, which means no longer singing the word blank. Then to respond to that on top of that adds, I don't know precisely how to take the gospel to Appalachia, but you probably shouldn't lead with scolding them for using vulgar language. Now, I want to point this out before I read from anyone else on the subject. I myself was actually rebuked as a young believer in a very loving way because I came to Christ radically after watching They Sold Their Souls to Rock and Roll, began in a fellowship, and then somebody, actually I wasn't the one who was personally rebuked, my friend was. One of our first weeks in uh, in coming to Christ, but in the nicest way possible, it was just simply, he used one of the words that was used in this very song, and somebody said to him, hey, as you grow in your walk with Christ, a lot of that language is going gonna, is gonna to go by the wayside because you're going to be sanctified. Amen. My friend was actually offended at first, and I said, oh, we got to see what the scriptures say about that. And Praise God, in all honesty, I looked at it and was like, what is it going to say? Maybe I won't find anything. And I found Colossians 4, too. I found Ephesians 4. I, ta- I read from Hosea when it talks about their murders and so forth, and then also talks about their profane language it puts in chapter same, 5. It's on the same list with murder, profanity. It's serious <laughs> it's like, before God. It's serious. And you mentioned James there. Obviously, I mean, I love that text that that you brought up. You have this salty water and fresh water. This did not be this way. And and that song is salty water and fresh water. It should not be this way. But that wasn't the only person. And I could go through quote after quote. But also, there is a false dichotomy that's being brought. And I want to read from this thing right here, because I think this is very interesting, by somebody who goes by Hillbilly Homemaker. And she had to say this. 
Notice how not one of these normal, everyday people mentioned his cussing. Notice how every single one of these people, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, resonated with these words. Notice how it's deeper and wider than your lyrical preferences. Notice how no one had to put out the Victorian fainting chair or make some cringe Twitter post rebuking the man. If you don't get it, you're out of touch. Simple as that. And someone actually responded to her and said, the whole cursing, hand-wringing thing was so gay. It made me embarrassed to be in these circles. To which she responded to that. It was expected from the church ladies. But I thought the concerned bros would have at least a modicum of composure. And Joe, this concerned bros idea that they're making fun of uh, and so forth, where people were concerned about other things. And don't get me wrong, I know she's dealing with maybe some Russell Moore types and, and so forth that have gone off the rails in other ways. But Joe, this idea and this... In all honesty, this is the embarrassment of Twitter. I, I Whenever I go on there and see so many of them, which, by the way, I'm not saying, you know, causation, correlation here, but a number of the people that are so pro this song are uh, uh, run under the Christian nationalism ilk. But, Joe, the false dichotomy that is being created that, oh, well, you can't witness to people unless you use the language that they're using, unless you start cussing like they are cussing and so forth. This is something we see all the time, and it's really grotesque. Yeah, we have to realize there's there's people that are like, okay, I'm, I'm glad he's saying that. Well, would this song be so popular if you took out all the bad words? And then why does he want all the bad words in there? He wants to show his anger, anger and angst toward the system, and we're not called to be angry, you know? We're called, called to be angry and sin not. So we can be angry and upset with what's going on, and, and we do, so there's a biblical a godly, godly anger, but I mean, when I say that, I'm saying we're not. I'm saying we're not supposed to be angry uh, and sin in it, right? And well, how do you how do you sin in your anger? You sin in your anger by having a bunch of profanity. That's how you sin in your anger, and that's unbiblical. And uh, and let's face it, Chad. There's a ton of professing Christians, and maybe you're one of them that's listening right now. And I say this because we love you, and we shoot straight. You know, we know because we shoot straight, and we're very, very biblical, and we really want to honor and exalt Jesus, and, and uh, preach the scripture right off the page, uh, that, that'll turn some people off, turn a lot of people off. But our audience, we have got a lot of people in our audience because there's a lot of people that really love Jesus and love that we are true to the scripture and true to our Lord and we're loyal to him. But I just think it's interesting when you look at this whole thing, when we read what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, we're concerned that we make sure as Christian leaders that as Paul said in Colossians 1.29 that he wants to present every man perfect before the Lord. And that we're called to be perfect because he is perfect. And we're not supposed to say, oh, it's not, no, it's not a big deal. We look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 and 37. The good man brings good things out of his good store of treasure. And the evil man brings evil things out of his evil store of treasure. But then Jesus warns in verse 36, but I tell you that men will give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word that they have spoken. Now, Chad, that's serious stuff. As a Christian leader, I'm gonna stand before God and give an account for my life. Because James also says to Christian teachers, and when you start putting music out, you claim to be teaching, and he starts opening up the scriptures, which he, you really probably should not be doing, you know, 30 days after professing Christian, be teaching, be teaching mass people with a bunch of cuss words. But if you're doing that, James also says in chapter 3, 1, you know, let not many of you be teachers, because teachers shall incur a stricter judgment. So there should be a fear of trembling that we have. But I, my concern, though, is that what's happening here is that many, many people will be led into a form of godliness, but will deny the power thereof. They'll deny God's authority over their lives, 
and they'll follow him on their own terms. So you got many professing Christians who profess to know him, but by their works, Paul says in uh, Philippians, it, Paul, Paul says in Titus chapter one, verse 16, they deny him. So we want to make sure we're not defending sin. Now, if you're saying, well, I'm not defending sin, he should clean up his words, but I wish you guys would just say, maybe he's sincere, we got to give it some time. Well, that's what we said. That's a very strong possibility. We hope it's true and time will tell. But in the meantime, I don't need to stick my head in a sewer uh, to know it stinks and I'm going to stay away from it until I see that this man's walking righteously. Yeah, and I think one of the important things also as we're going through this, Joe, is when you come to repentance and you come to know the Lord, and if that's true of him, I haven't seen much talk of Jesus yet uh, in any video I've watched. Maybe you guys have. That'd be great. It's bluesy, but the problem with a lot of bluesy stuff is you need to get to the answer. Yeah, what is the answer? That's a that's a huge aspect of all this and that sounds all great but why are people that are supposed to be christians why are they the ones when you're looking at this saying well it's totally fine that you're doing that so where are you bringing about the sanctification wanting to the man to be perfect as you mentioned paul wanting to present the bride unblemished as well in second corinthians 11 and so you're looking at this this is the scenario where well the people that are supporting me are the ones telling me that it's okay that i'm using this language so what's the point in stopping yeah. And it's really bothersome. And Joe, I'm going to read from a Christian nationalist leader. And this is what he wrote one time to discuss about cussing and also the problems that we might have that we need to fix. He said, quote, I have three things I'd like to say today. First, while you were sleeping last night, 30,000 kids died of starvation or diseases related to malnutrition. Second, most of you don't give a blank. What's worse is that you're more upset with the fact that I just said blank than you are of the 30,000 kids that died last night. Actually, that is not a Christian nationalist, but it would have fit right into every argument that I watched online for saying, let's do this. That's from emergent leader, Tony Campolo. And I would like to rephrase that, Joe. You, what if I put this argument forth to you? Did you know in 2021, 282,043 women were raped, but I just fornicated and committed adultery last night. And the only thing you cared about is that I committed adultery and fornicated last night. No, we wouldn't use that sort of argumentation because it's ridiculous and it's a false dichotomy. Yeah, absolutely. False dichotomy. Uh, Tony Campolo, by the way, who said that, uh, would also say, yeah, there, you know, this many people died last year or what have you or today. And at the same time, that same so-called Christian leader, I say so-called, because he marches in gay parades promoting homosexuality. Yeah, he's not a brother. And he's not a, he's not a brother in Christ. He contradicts the, the scripture blatantly. Uh, so, yeah, you see a lot of these inconsistencies. And now a lot of our audience would say, oh, I didn't know he marches in gay parades and so forth. I mean, he was incredibly popular. He led many many youth astray. We exposed him in our video, which you should check out if you haven't seen it, called The Submerging Church. But I just want to encourage uh, our listeners to keep in mind, we're showing that you can't march in gay parades. And Well, what if Tony Campbell also put this song out? You know, and, and we said, oh, well, he has this song, so everything's good. No, we'd say that's still wrong. So is it is it is it? wrong to say adultery is wrong as you mentioned or as paul as james mentions you can't say you can adultery is okay but murder is wrong or vice versa or for us to say i mean he puts cussing profanity as you mentioned jose earlier on the same list he puts murder uh, all these things grieve god's spirit that's all we're saying and we're saying let's not sanction that which is grievous to god's spirit and let's not think that this is the move of god right now and some kind of revival because this is a revival if this is a revival it's a false counterfeit revival yeah, I think that is an important thing for people to realize. And, and Joe, this isn't just Tony Campolo. This isn't just, you know, this new guy, this new Oliver Anthony and people being like literally writing out cuss words as Christians, like making fun of others, calling people gay, uh, you know, using it as, you know, a derogatory term for people that are coming out against this. 
really pathetic. But, Joe, that's not just it. Transformation Church's pastor, Tim Ross, also talks about, and, and guys, he's not the only one, because you can hear some of these arguments from other people, and it sounds eerily similar of an episode we did a while ago, sadly enough, with Jeff Durbin, when he used the, some words that are used here, and also lambasted and said, oh, I don't let my children use this. John Piper has done it at the Passion Yeah, that's that's yeah. true. Uh, that's true as well. But here is Transformation Church's pastor, Tim Ross, not only using foul language, but then giving his excuse for it. Where's the verse that says you're supposed to treat your slave like your brother? Right, right under the verse that you just read that slaves are supposed to obey their masters. So this is how lazy we are now? Right. right. Like, that's bull like, right. I, like, it's infuriating. I reserve the right uh, when I'm talking about something that I feel strongly about to use strong language. In my mind, it makes sense that when I'm feeling strong emotions, you should, I should use strong language to go with those emotions. When I chose to use that language, which was a choice, I was not like blacking out, I wasn't out of my mind. Um, uh, I, I, I am very intentional with my language, uh, which is why nobody has ever heard me cuss in a pulpit in 27 years. Uh, I choose very wisely when I am going to use strong language. If I feel emotional about a situation, um, this language may come out. If I don't, it may not. I'm, I'm not sitting up here uh, cussing like a sailor. Every other word is getting beeped because it's like Morris code. That's never been me. Um, but I have always used strong language in my life, both pre-salvation and post-salvation, and have never felt a conviction of the Holy Spirit. I know some of y'all are going to have some seizures just off me saying that. Um, some of you all have sent me uh, scriptures uh, that you think um, is talking about strong language and profanity, and you couldn't be further from the truth. So you all can stop sending me Ephesians 4.29. I know the audience that I'm assigned to. I know the audience that I'm called to. And the audience that I'm assigned to and that I'm called to, that I lovingly refer to as the highways, byways, bushes, and shrubs, uh, they get down with this type of talk. Now, Joe, this is something that bothers me so much, and I, we do have to answer this, and I know that, that we've even gone long on this episode, but it's important that we're seeing this because these are the arguments used. And one thing that bothers me about this clip with Tim Ross here is that he said, I've never used it in a church. I've never used it in this in this light. I've never used it in front of my children, all this stuff. And you hear that also from Jeff Durbin when he did the same thing. Oh, yeah, look at all this stuff going on with BLM. Let's get really, really upset and all that. And it's like, well, you have self-control. You have self-control to not use it. Why are you using it here? Oh, you're doing it for a show. Oh, that's what you're doing. You're doing it for a show. And some of the argumentation that's put forth is, oh, you know what? Uh, Paul uses this, right? I count everything in the in the book of Philippians. I count everything as rubbish. And they've tried to actually say that, oh, this is, this is Paul actually cursing. It's him using foul language, which, by the way, that would be the one time. Uh, it's the one time they reference it. And guess what? It has been proven over and over again. We've gone through long studies on this. It has been proven over and over again that that it was not considered a curse word. And there was curse words at that time that he could have used if he wanted to use it. Yeah, but absolutely. he did absolutely did not. And so, Joe, what we're seeing over and over again is people not brighten their tongue. And, and this breaks my heart. This is a reality. And, Joe, it bothers me because I know men that are very disciplined in their life in their life in so many ways, whether it's business, whether they're disciplined about going to the gym, disciplined about how they treat their family, disciplined in every walk of life, except, you know what, just brighten my tongue. I just can't help it, man. I just It just comes out. And it's such 
it's so heartbreaking sad because they think you're losing your witness by not being like the world where ultimately you'll find out very quickly it's not oh we, we share the gospel by going up hey clean up your language and then you, you can come to jesus that's not what happens sanctification you got it totally mixed up the cart is before the horse the truth is is when somebody comes to christ god begins the sanctification process in their life because Amen. ultimately they're going to be judged for every idle word that they speak right and i'm glad you brought up philippians chapter three when paul said he considers uh you know his past works which were praised among the jews as rubbish or dung as the king james says i believe uh scooby i think is the greek word there and i didn't look it up uh today knowing no one did the show but i remember the study a professor there at biola did yep. where he went into the word extensively because of so many people trying to say and he gives, there's examples of people trying to say, oh, well, Paul's basically using what was known as a cuss word back then. These are leading teachers. A lot of them have said this. It's false teaching uh, because then Paul would be actually, you know, absolutely contradicting himself elsewhere where he warns against that. But uh, he goes through all the words using, you know, classical Greek and uh, the Greek of his time, you know, Koine Greek and so forth, how that word is used. And that Greek word is never once. And he looked at every every occasion that you could find in written literature of that particular word during that era, and it was never used as a cuss word. It wasn't used in that way. So that's fa that's basically false teaching given by men who are in the pulpit. Some of which like to cuss, I guess, or one. Well, well, maybe they don't like to cuss, but they want you to think it's okay if you do. It's pathetic. It's sad. It grieves the Holy Spirit of God. The fruit of the Spirit, as you mentioned, Chad, is one of the fruits of the Spirit is besides love, and and those are words that we're supposed to use to build people up. Uh, is self control, as as you had mentioned, self control earlier. And the more we walk in the Spirit, the more we'll have self-control. We're not talking about if, you, if you've, you're if you growing, you're like, I don't do that on purpose anymore. I, I'm sensitive to what God wants in my heart. Or, uh, you know, you hit your, head, your finger with a hammer. You're like, I can't believe I said that, but I was just bleeding all over. And I, a word just came out because I was in such pain. Uh, that's one thing. Not that that's okay, but you have to ask for forgiveness. Say, Lord, help me do better next time. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about blatantly not just having profanity-laced potty mouth, but that you're projecting it out there to be cool to the listeners and promoting that among those that you know and you are now claiming to be a Christian. That is not from God, folks. And we pray for this guy. Father, you know, truly save him if he's not saved. Be saved, truly sanctify him in Jesus' name. Amen. And, you know, the truth is, is when it comes to even doing these episodes and so forth, when we talk about uh, maybe things, people that are hopefully recent converts, and, and we're hoping that not only sanctification gets brought about, but if he's not truly saved, it'd be great if he would actually come to Christ. And, you know, maybe he doesn't get all the money and all the fame and this stuff goes away and he can live a quiet and peaceful life. But one of the big things here is that we need to know that we know Jesus Christ. And we want to we want to root for people that are struggling and maybe don't know that people come alongside them and share with them. And one of the things we want to make sure is that you are right with Christ. If you're watching this, maybe you're like, hey, maybe they're going to do a review on this song that I just heard. Maybe you don't know Christ. Guys, it's not, Jesus isn't somebody who puts the cherry on top of your life. Jesus is the person who comes and you now die to yourself. You are now somebody who you set aside all these other things. You pick up the cross of Jesus Christ ultimately, and you put your sins on that cross. You say, Jesus Christ paid for my sins. I recognize that. I know that I was lost and now I can be found in Christ. And if you turn to him, when he cried out to Telestai that our sins were bought and paid for, they were paid in full. It was finished on the cross that when you turn to him, you put your trust in him. It's not something where all of your sin, you don't sin anymore and you don't mess up at all. The James, the same book we've quoted from, 
in right before he gets to verse 10, which we talked about earlier, he says, we, including himself, we all stumble in many ways. Jesus said in Luke 17 that stumbling blocks are unavoidable, but the truth is, is that as you grow in Christ, the practice of unrepentant sin is something that gets laid to waste because not only are our sins bought and paid for, but we now have the Holy Spirit residing in us, convicting us of the wicked things. And so when you see all this evil going on in the world, know that there is a true God. There is only one true God, and there is only one way to salvation, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to turn from the world, look to Christ, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So on the day of judgment, he's going to look at you and not see you in your sin, but ultimately see Jesus Christ bought and paid for. This has been Pastor Joe Schimmel and Chad Davidson, and this is the 511 News. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.